Podcast. This is Volume Seven, Issue One Ninety Seven. Vince, Matt. Hello, everyone. Nick. Hello, everybody. Who is back this week? And yes, Crispy. How's it going? That's a nice intro, Crispy. I'm very proud of you. Every time, Vincent. <laughs> hey, nobody vomited yet. <laughs> I can't. I could say literally nothing, and Vince would still. Say a great intro. <laughs> yeah, still. Maybe you should fine. surprise me with a great intro sometime, Crispy. You know, something like Excelsior. <laughs> yeah, he could be Stanley Excelsior. <laughs> <laughs> I want to do something really mean, but like, I don't want it to get cut. Well, it would have to be cut out. Yeah, we'd have to bleep it. You're not going to Voldemort us. Stop it. Nope. <laughs> Anyway, crispy aside, uh, we do have a new show this week, and uh, hopefully people have been enjoying the show since we've been back from our little hiatus. I know we've got some pretty good feedback on a lot of the shows, especially the Too Much Gold episode. We've got a lot of people chattering in on that one, and a lot of good comments on Facebook and interactions, and we've been going back and forth on that, so uh, it's been fun. Right, guys? Oh, yeah. I concur with you, sir. And uh, Nick is back in full force after his uh, loss of voice, so hopefully he'll yes. be chatting away with us this week. A three-week cold. I failed my con. Yeah, you did. <laughs> it sucks getting old. That's all I could say. Yeah, big time. Oh, my goodness. It, it knocked me for a loop. I'm finally over it. All right. Well, there's nothing really news-wise to say this week, so we're just going to just go right into the thick of things and uh, go right into table matters this week. Typical of all the evil creatures in the world. I like to find one with table manners. What are you kidding me? I spent years cultivating the worst table manners on the planet. Table manners. Okay, everybody. Uh, this week on Table Manners, we're going to uh, cover uh, multi-class characters and you know what, how it goes by the book. Um, also, uh, you know what your favorite combo of multi-class characters that there are and maybe just a little bit of a round table about you know what your feelings are multi-class characters amongst us you know how they feel about you know if you use them or not and some of the advantages and disadvantages of using a multi-class characters in your game so just to give a baseline for everybody um so far as multi-class characters the rules are concerned um Mm. they're kind of scattered around the player's handbook yeah and which was kind of weird um so you got to pick out the paragraphs that pertain to multi-class characters it does start right off in the uh you know page 18 of player's handbook under character classes the second paragraph 
um, when they talk, they talk about multi-class characters there, and it says, note that non-human and semi-human race characters who are multi-class are typically bound by the limitations of the thief class only. Right. So, for example, if you have a fighter magic user, you could benefit from the armor, weaponry, and spells of, of both of those classes combined, but if you have a fighter thief, uh, you are limited in the uh, type of armor of a thief class. So you can only use like studded leather or leather armor or, or, or hide and whatnot. So that goes, that's one rule about multi-class characters. So that should, for one thing, put the rest about the people saying, how do multi-class characters that are magic users, how the, can they wear armor? Mm-hmm. Well, they can. <laughs> so it never makes yes, sense, can, though. And even metal armor. So yes, they can. I, I agree. Yeah, they can. It just never really made sense in my mind how right. they can just because they're multi-class. I, I have a theory on that. All right. But uh, yeah, but I'll, I'll, I'll um, moving on from that. I'll, I'll talk about that in a little bit. But um, when it comes to uh, you know creating hit dice for multi-class characters, as we all know, just to reiterate, when it comes to you know doing the hit points, you take the uh, Number of character classes. We'll make it easy. Let's say you know it's a you're doing a fighter magic user. You have a D4 and a D10, right? To, to generate hit points, you roll one die for each one, add them together, divide by two, and that's your hit points. And then add in your constitution adjustment, and that's your hit points. I know a lot of people have added the constitution bonuses to both the rolls in the past, but no, yes, that's definitely... that's actually something I wanted to bring up. That's oh. one of the my gotcha okay. moments I was talking about. So yeah. the rules for constitution at that extra hit points is per hit die. Yeah, but per yeah, you don't you don't do it that way. But yeah, I see how you you're you're keep going. I'm sorry. Yeah, I've so, actually I've heard it. You know, go ahead, go ahead, Crispy. So yeah, like that's one of the like multi-classing you do progress a lot slower because you are dividing that XP, but you have such a, if you are doing it, if you're interpreting the rules as written, that's a huge bonus, especially if you have if you have a plus one con and you're an elf who's a fighter, magic user thief, that's three extra, that's well, an extra thief at die. Well, hold on a second though, when do you add the constitution bonus? Before you divide by the number of hit dice or after? It's after. You would just uh, the examples that I've given in the people, book is after. Yeah, it's after. I've heard people do it. Yeah, I've heard people do it actually multiple ways. Yeah. You know, I've heard uh, total like, the sum of all dice rolled and adjust for constitution, then divide. So it actually is after. Right. So or you uh, maybe, divide after rather. Well, I'm wondering though, maybe that comp that will compensate for because if you think about let's, it, let's use our let's use our fighter magic user example. Say, yeah. you know, you have a D10 and you roll a D4. Let's say you rolled on the D10, you rolled a... Let's just do the seven. average 5.5 and 2.5. No, let's do like whole <laughs> freaking numbers because that's how my brain works. Yeah, <laughs> crispy. No, no fractions. Because <laughs> math is for the devil. Let's just so, do uh, common core math. Yes, thank you. Uh, so let's say <laughs> so you, you roll the seven. 20 hit points. Yeah. What? What? Twenty hit points. <laughs> it's yeah, common, common core. core. Oh, okay. It's approximate. Okay. 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 Um, let's say you roll the seven okay. on the D and and you unfortunately you roll a one on the D four. Right. So your total is eight. 
Okay. That's the average of those two dice. (laughs) (laughs) Shut up, Crispy. Let him finish. Sorry, Nick. Nick, continue. And then you divide by two, and that's four, and then you add your con bonus. Let's say the con bonus is... Plus one. Plus one. So, plus one for each die, that would be six. So... I, I, I could see why adding the con bonus per die after you divide by the number of classes, a number of hit dices, number of hit dice, kind of compensates for that low hit point. See, now I've done it hit. when you just add it once, not twice. Yeah. Because yeah. if you, if you add it twice at, and then divide by two, it's the same as adding it once. Right. With the math that we did, um, I have if you do it if you do it after dividing, you end up with six. If you do it before dividing, you end up with five. So you end up with one extra hit point. Yep. So and and like I was saying, it that maybe compensates for you know how usually multi class characters generally have relatively low hit points. So I can understand the rationale of adding the constitution bonus after the fact. Generally that in my makes- games. <laughs> I just don't do multi-classing at all. I just do single class. That's well, it. that's the end of this segment. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, that's just me. My, me personally. I don't know. Maybe you do it differently, so continue. Yeah. I don't mind multi-classing. Well, yeah. good for you. Yeah. I, I don't mind it. I just never had anyone that's actually wanted to mess with it because of it. I how convoluted it can be when, okay, everyone gets the level except you. Yeah. And that's, that, and just a lot of people don't like the fact that they're going to be the first level. What? Yeah. When everyone else in the party, time. yeah, when everyone else in the party is like three or four, mm-hmm. and then there's also the the weirdness of how do you guys add how do you add those levels with hit dice? Well, what do you mean? When Wait, I know when are you talking about like uh, like when you get maximum level for a class? I'm just talking about you go from your fighter magic user 1 1, then you Uh go fighter magic 2 1. Yeah. Okay. So. Do you add a half hit die? Do you wait to add the sum total after leveling both classes evenly, evenly rather? It's. You take that that die and divide it by two. Yeah, that's how I always would have done it. Yeah. Take the die and add your con bonus. Because if they don't, if you don't level at the same time, you still have to divide it by the number of classes that you mm-hmm. have. Yeah, and also that the going along with that is if you max out in a class, say you know you're screwed. Yeah, you that class like again our fighter magic user example, you know uh, you only could go fighter x amount of levels. Once you reach that level, you can no longer gain hit dice for that class. What is the actual cap for elf in uh in AD&D? I know in in um, OD&D it's 4. For uh, fighter. For fighter? For yeah, elf? specifically just fighter for elf. 7. Where's that? Uh, 7. Okay. As long as they have a si- Oh wait, so Depends on ability score if you look under yeah, under that's right. yeah. a little 2 there. But uh officially they're elf on a shelf, so <laughs> Yes, I went there. How about a gnome on a dome? Ooh. No, Crispy hates gnomes, so. I do hate I... gnomes. But, yeah, that, uh, I don't know. I just, I don't really particularly enjoy multiclassing because I can't stand figuring it out half the time. And I've noticed a lot of people that play multiclassing that are, like, new people in my group. They're just, 
pick these weird combinations and then I find out that they're doing it because they're trying to get some edge or advantage and then they just piss me off and I wanted, wanted to punch them in the face, so... I was talking to Matt about that before yeah. you got on Discord, and I was like, yeah, like, I would do this just because I'm always looking for, like, my weird new school gamer, like, optimization brain goes off, where it's like, oh, if, if you, like, if you do fighter thief magic user, you're basically a thief who can also cast, uh, who can cast magic missiles. Also, yes. you're, a, yeah. you're a wizard who Harry. has thief skills and can wear any armor. Um, nope, that's where the, the restriction for the thief well, class yes. comes in the box. With the thief, yes, but if you're a if you're a fighter magic user, no. I, I get to be a plate male. I get to yeah, be a plate male absolutely. elf. Absolutely. And and there was like I, I think that kind of goes into what we were saying, how is that possible? I guess you can go into a convoluted way of saying it's like, well, because elves and half elves are more in tune with magic. So they can better manipulate the magical energies, therefore they can yeah. wear metal yeah. armor. But... I have another gotcha question. Uh-oh. Um, do you guys normally do max for starting hit die in your games? I normally do, yes. Yeah, usually yeah. I do. Same here. Would you do that with hit dice? Or with uh, multi-classing hit dice? Yes, yes yeah. I would. Yeah, yeah, yeah. same thing. Because it, it's not that much more powerful. Uh, it, I just did all the math for the... F- Fighter Magic User Thief, that's why I have I keep referring to this. It's only six plus con, but it might be six plus con times three. But also you're an elf, so you have a constitution um like negative not negative. I don't know. Uh penalty. There we go. That's yeah. the word I want to use. I guess. But still you could potentially start off with like you could have you could have nine HP at first level, yeah, and all right. of these other abilities. That's why I like the I, I like the idea of like you're saying you add the con bonus after you divide by the number of classes, so you can still you won't as far as hit points wise you're not as weak as the other classes. You're yeah. still you're still doing okay. Um, yeah, by the book it does say to add the constitution and then divide it. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where is yeah, it? Yeah, total the sum of all. Uh, it's on page uh, nineteen. It is number. So five. notes regarding character class tables. This oh, is under yeah. Total of all dice rolled and adjust for con, and then divide the total. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Hmm. So, yeah, there. I guess you know. There's a couple ways you could do it. You go by the book, or you could do the crispy way. Yeah. I mean, it's a difference of one HP, but like. That like one they say in magic, the high life total that matters is one. Yeah, that's true. Very, very, very true. And then, uh, and that's, well, I guess more in the player's handbook, you skip along from the regular class descriptions, and then it goes into the section where most of us are, are familiar with is the, uh, on page 32. Yeah. Where yeah. they talk a little bit more about uh, multi-class characters and, um, the what races and different combinations there can be, um, and as we know, regular AD and D, it's only the non-human and semi-human characters can multi-class, and they also have the other rule here where it says cleric combinations with fighter types may use edged weapons. Yeah. So, yeah, there you go. There's another thing where some people are like, oh, it's a cleric right. can't use edged weapons. Not nah, if it's multi-class with a fighter. 
I would remove, I would move that just to annoy Nick. So yeah, yeah, I, I know you. Yeah, and, and what I also find interesting is cleric is one of the classes that you can multi-class in the most almost different yeah. options. Yeah. yeah, you can be a cleric ranger, which I thought was really weird. No, cleric ranger is awesome. <laughs> no, I mean like rangers are great, clerics are great. Yeah, cleric but, ranger is awesome. You thought that's he, what about cleric assassin? Come on. Yeah, but uh, what I find, I think it's the reason they have like six different options is because no one really wants to be just the heel bot. This way yeah. you can have your heel bot without act and still be something else. I got to say, my favorite combination is the Cleric Ranger. Hmm. You get healing abilities, you get some other cool spells as a Cleric, plus as a Ranger, when you get high enough levels, you're getting magic user spells too. Yeah, I think for me, my favorite is is always going to be fighter magic user. Yeah, um, just because it's you know it's it's the elf, it's the classic, mm-hmm. it's the classic D and D elf. That's my wheelhouse. Listen, save or die, coming to you soon. <laughs> soon, <sighs> but you also have those the weird multi classes like that cleric assassin, which pop. most common with I think only half works can do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, well, I another one that's really powerful is cleric magic user. Like, oh my gosh! Yeah, two spell lists. Yeah, you can also yeah. be a cleric fighter magic user if you're a half elf. Yeah, right. Fighter that magic a, user cleric. Yeah, that was always my go-to in the old SSI gold box games. Having one of those. <laughs> yeah, that's a really good combination. The jack right. of all trades. Exactly. It's like you get all the weapons, you have the healing, you have the offensive spells. Yeah, you level slower, but yeah. But when you have a group of a party, it it doesn't matter as much when you're working for that type of. Especially if you're playing like one of the computer games, you don't really care if one of your guys doesn't level as fast. Yeah, mm-hmm. of course. And yes, even though I know you don't, whoever here doesn't like play gnomes, <sighs> but the yeah. illusionist thief. If you're playing a gnome illusionist state, that is so much fun. Gnome. So much fun. So what about what about uh, you, Matt? What's some of your favorites? Oh, yeah. I mean, I already mentioned the one, my go-to, the cleric fighter magic user. Mm-hmm. Uh, but other than that, I mean, it's I, I, I find the cleric assassin could be very interesting from a role-playing perspective of the backstory of the cleric who brings the death so especially if you, if especially if you're going for like in like an evil campaign having yeah, one maybe. of these i think makes great sense yeah well you could also do like a like a an assassin's creed assassin well i guess the first assassin's creed yeah. more than anything nco but... <laughs> no no altair <laughs> and that's the thing like with a lot of these <sighs> Do you think any of these, like, the cleric assassin, I think, has a place with, like, fantasy literature? I think the fighter thief definitely with, like, well, the gray mouser. Yeah. Well, also, it, like, the, yeah, the fighter thief or the fighter assassin, it's definitely, I, I think of, like, a as, like, a like a hardcore brigand type, mm-hmm. you know? But when you even get into uh, the Unearth Arcana, there's... There's a lot more options that they added when Unearth Arcana came out 
just the just to go down the list here. You can be a cleric fighter, cleric ranger, cleric magic user, cleric illusionist, which is exclusive the gnomes, cleric thief, cleric assassin. Uh, let's see, this one is a right. Um, fighter, yeah, fighter illusionist. It's a lot of good uh, combinations. Yes. Another uh, another real good one was um, Ranger Magic User. I know someone who's done that one. That one's really powerful. What uh, what races can you be with Ranger Magic User? Is it just half Ranger elf? Magic User? You could be a Dark Elf, Gray or High um, Elf, or Valley or Wood Elf. Oh yeah, that's sort of getting to like the weird like let's have an elf for every color of the rainbow. Yep. Sea also, elves you got and winged elves and hey, just yep. being diverse. Okay? You also have a druid fighter. That's weird. Druid yeah. ranger, which we'll get into in a little bit because there's allegedly an alignment issue with the druid ranger. Mm-hmm. Uh, druid thief. Yes, there is druid thief. <laughs> and I I found out one of the the greatest combos that I know that druid magic user. Okay. Druid magic user is really, really powerful. Can you cast spells while wild shaped in first edition? Let me. Uh-huh. Is that a thing that I can do? I would say no. As so. my weird it's optimization like... brain goes off, because it's like no, I don't. I would like to be a water elemental it... that can cast fireballs. Well, it it depends. I would say to, on the spell whether it was what components it had. If it had a somatic, probably not. If it had verbal, yes. Verbal material, if you had a way to actually speak your normal language, sure. But yeah, if it if there's a material it, component to it, I don't think you could do it. Well, depends on what also your animal shape is. If you're like a primate and have a thumb, well, you can hold them. Remember when you when you when you do one of those animal shapes, everything's morphed into the animal shape. Yes. So, okay, so you take your spell pouch off first, <laughs> yeah, okay. then grab it, <laughs> make sure right. you have the ability to speak your... And no- then you morph um, into a baboon. Yes. And fling feces at people. And go... Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Launch stink cloud, but when you cast it, you actually turn your back to him and lean over. Oh, Ew. Matt had to go there. Yes, I did. Oh, here's a good one. Magic user assassin. Whoa. <laughs> I think I remember a lot of people wanted to play Assassin Illusionist for some reason. I think that is yeah, uh, that is a op that is an option. Illusionist Assassin. Yeah, deep gnomes can be illusionist assassins, and deep gnomes can also be illusionist thieves. And <sighs> I hear Crispy laughing at the deep gnome thing. <laughs> I'm just I'm not laughing at like oh now we have more gnomes I'm more like yeah this is like definitely getting to the point where it's like are we really playing castles and princesses anymore or are we playing like weird insular like self-referential fantasy game hey this is from our Earth Arcana I, I, just I would say that's the point where it becomes insular fantasy game yeah Fuck. The pre- yeah the Crispy precursor to the splat book yeah, yeah, pretty much. That's, and I like our North Arcana, so pfft, there. Okay, wow, Nick. Nick, you're fun. I wrong. still love you. 
Hashtag Nick's fun is wrong. No, it's not. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Please don't write into the show it's, it's, about it's, how my fun to... is my fun. So there, don't judge me. Jeez, <laughs> are you triggered now, Nick? <laughs> yes. All right. Kind of touched a nerve. And I think I'm just kidding. I don't care what you think. Well, you want, uh, let's head over to what you want to talk about, the uh, Druid um, Ranger. You want to talk about that? Cause the, oh, the, yeah. The alignment thing. Oh, yeah. there was That was like a controversy for a little while when Unearth Arcana came out, it, when they had that, that list of all the different multi-class character options. There was a, a an errata that came out in Dragon Magazine, mm-hmm. and it listed Druid Ranger. Yeah. And some people are like, oh, I don't think that's possible because rangers have to be a good class, good alignment, but druids are strictly neutral. Yep. Um, what was their reason? I, I guess, if, if I remember correctly, I, I'm going to have to find the Dragon Magazine issue, but they did say it is a viable option. How? They, it is. Yeah, but how? If one has to be one certain alignment, how do you get right. around that? DM I, wave I of hand. The yeah. alignment restriction does not apply because you're yeah. not because you're not a full druid. Huh? Does the ranger? I thought the ranger also had an alignment restriction. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It yeah. Any good alignment, neutral, chaotic, lawful, and druids have to be true neutral, don't they? Yes. That is correct. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. Maybe they're like, eh, you're doubling up on nature. Okay, yeah. Let's see. let's see. It was in Dragon Magazine 100. Ah, uh, there it is. Matt oh, I have, oh, yeah, I remember that one. Dragon mm. Magazine, page 9, issue 100. Mm. All about the Druid Ranger by Frank Menser. Oh, Frank. Huh. Yeah. So, blah, blah, blah. Although the Druid Ranger is permitted in the AD&D game rules, the alignment conflict is obviously present. But the combination is equally obvious and logical. They're both woodland-oriented. Then again, why should high-level rangers gain druid spells? Uh, uh, first, Frank says, allow this multi-class combination only for the neutral good alignment. For the rationale, consider the behavior and philosophy of each class in the context of the campaign. So they have to be neutral good. Hmm. Okay. So, so, so that way you compromise. Get, you, yeah, so that way you get the neutral for the druid, you get the good for the ranger, and bada dun, yeah, you're good there. Bada boom, bada bing. I would say that's a fair combination to sacrifice to, for alignment wise, neutral good. Sure. Um, yeah, that's sure. not bad. You could also go with like neutral with good tendencies, sort of thing, you know? No. No? Okay, fine. Frank said neutral <laughs> good, and that's what it is. Frank is. I'm good with Frank. Yeah, Frank right. is good. Yeah. yeah, and then he talks about. Let's be Frank about Frank. Yeah. He talks about other alignments like chaotic good and lawful good. You can speculate to reason why they are granted the druid spells. The druid DD might consider any ranger's respect for good and treatment of nature as deserving of the boons. Uh, if the thoughtful ranger should realize that his or her actions in variance to the neutral ways will, will be balanced in the long run, then you then you get into the whole semantics of, well, what they're doing in the long scheme of things will be balance out to be neutral therefore yeah 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 whoa I, I i'm looking at the beginning of the article now you want to talk about a real super powerful druid ranger magic user 
Oh boy! Wow. <laughs> that is. I want to make that <laughs> half elf only. Still, right? Right. Yeah, because that was in. Uh, yeah, the Druid Ranger Magic user was from '96. At the end of the new jobs for demi humans article, Gary wrote. <laughs> So oh, Druid boy. Ranger Magic User, that's just you're you're just a one man army, spell yeah. slinging monstrosity, cutting down enemies left and right. Yep, yep. But yeah, pretty much the entire article is just a matter of trying to explain how, uh, philosophy wise, well, you can kind of make it work, even if it. Even if it's not rules as written, but yeah, I think the neutral good is probably the best mm-hmm. way can, to go. About I can it. see the rationale behind it. Yeah, so. I do want to talk about one thing. Oh, okay. Um, okay. Which is the experience point penalty? I guess. Ah, uh, yes, the experience point thing. How you know, I've always handled it, like in any kind of first edition game that I've run with uh, multi-classing, is I just let people have one big pool and just you're one level of this thing. So if you're a fighter magic user, instead of dividing them, you just you level them at the same time. That's how, that's I, how handle I, it. That's how I handle it too. It's just so much easier. Because like normally, sure. you're supposed to split the experience points, and that's just too much damn book. Yeah. I'm not sure how the no. math breaks down on that though. I, I guess it would be the same because total experience would still be the same but like i don't have to deal with like having a third of a die for hp yeah. i'll just like just just roll or or half of a die i'll just like just roll them both at the same time and now if they're gonna play multi-class they're gonna take the penalties involved with that and i make them split up the experience if they're gonna you make just, me like, through all that trouble my way is more of a penalty though because you don't level right away when you hit enough fighter experience you have to wait till you have enough for both classes because i'm pulling them all together but you're still keeping them uh separate wise aren't you no i'm saying when you for which class determines level, which class he, he, determines a total level. of both he right. adds the experience of both so instead of so, like, Same. if you're, like, a rogue, a thief, who levels really quick with a wizard, you're not leveling until you've hit the experience for both the thief and wizard to level. But you... <sighs> okay, fine. As opposed to, if you split it in half, there's instances where one will level up first over the other. Especially yeah, if you it. do experience where, oh, you got experience using your thieving skills, so therefore that goes to your thief bundle not your wizard bundle. I've always done it when you get experience, you want to do multi-class, fine, you have to divide whatever experience is your portion of it in half or in three and whatever and keep a separate track. You want to play multi-class, then that's your penalty. That's how I do it. Yeah. My I thing is more I do it like penalty, how crispy. Yeah, let's, like, you know, let's use, again, our fighter magic user example. You're starting first level 1-1 one, one fighter magic user and Let's say you've earned over a couple of adventures. You've earned like a thousand know, experience let's, points. Let's say let's say you've earned two thousand experience points, or let's say two thousand two thousand one hundred. Okay, two thousand one hundred experience points. Okay, so you've uh, earned 
enough experience going by the fighter's table to go to level two. Yeah. But if you look at the magic user, you're still 400 short of going to level two. You need 2,500 to one. So just leave it as one pool. You just you just consult your, your chart for your appropriate class. Instead of splitting it up, instead of splitting your experience points up, you just keep one experience point pool and just go by the chart for your for your for the classes. Whichever is easier. It gets weird with like fighting abilities. Yeah, because it's like, oh, I'm you know I have the hit points of a a third level thief and a fourth level fighter. That would be backwards. It would be higher with thief than it would be with fighter. But like I fight as a this level fighter. It's just weird. It's just like. All right, if you're a fighter magic user, you need 4,500 experience points to level both at the same time. Whichever's easier like, in your game. Yeah. That's how we'd work it. Whatever's easy in your game for you yep. as a DM. But I kind of like to how crispy is. I just, I hate always the split, splitting of the experience points between each class. It's just, ugh. Yeah, it's weird because then like your saving throw progressions change as well. Yeah. yeah, there's just and, a lot of fiddly and bits, and that's another thing with saving throws. Uh, a lot of, when you do saving throws for multi-class characters, you choose the best saving throw depending on what class it is. Mm-hmm. So it might, again, fighter magic user, you might have a better saving throw for for, for fighter. Like I, I think breath weapon is better for fighter than I than I think it is for magic user. For example, I, I'm pretty sure. So you would use the fighter saving throw for breath weapon. Uh, spells, magic user is going to save better. So you use the magic user one. So those are all those little, little, you know, fine details on the uh, a multi-class character. And, and and there are some disadvantages. You know, you got the, you know, like we were talking about the hit point progression. Also, if you split up the experience points like you do. Um, also, going into things like... Uh, like you were talking about, Crispy, like with combat, mm-hmm. um, you, you might have to double check and make sure, okay, which class do I fight better as? Yeah, right. Because <laughs> um, there might be a point where it's like, oh, my gosh, I actually fight better as a cleric than I do as a fighter because my fighter is lower level. Mm-hmm. So so those are those are just those little uh, fiddly bits, but those are easily overcome. You just got to be, you know, just got to pay attention to it. Or just like Vince does, just don't use multi-class at all. Yeah. <laughs> but, I don't know. No I, really I think that it. pretty much. <laughs> yeah. I think that pretty much covers it on, yeah. on multi-classing. So, uh, put it out there, everybody who's listening out uh, out there, and let us know what you think about multi-class characters. What do you do for multi-classing? Do you use it? Do you not? Do you have your own special multi-classes you made for for different races? So let us know. Uh, send us a. Uh, an email or you know hit us up on iTunes and uh, or go on to Facebook and let us know what do you think about multiclassing and with that being said um, let's move on to our next segment DM rules I don't know who you are I don't know what you want but are a very particular set of skills skills I've acquired over a very long career skills that make me a nightmare for people like you I will look for you I will find you. And I will kill you. In uh, Team Rules, the 
this episode <laughs> issue adventure what do we call these issue issues yes. uh we're gonna go over the races in the player's handbook yay um these have kind of become with the exception of you know the edition that will not be named uh these have been the core races for basically all of D D. Yeah. Um, yep. You know, you've got your your half elves, your half orcs, your halflings, your humans, your elves, dwarves, and that's uh, that's all of them, I think. Yep. That's that's yeah. the only ones. You, you say half. If you're talking players' handbook, yes. Yep. No other races. <laughs> There's a gnome in there, crispy. There's a I gnome. Think that you're mistaken. I do you mean uh, do you mean tinkerer dwarf? No, 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 no. It's called the gnome. Page do you 16. mean half? Do you mean uh, elf halfling? No, no. It's oh. called the gnome. I guess talking about uh, no. uh, non-evil goblins? No. Gnome. 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 I don't gnome. know. Starts with a G, ends in That doesn't e. sound familiar. Like those little We have to explain things? to everybody, Crispy doesn't like using gnomes. <laughs> So I, we, we all have our know. thing. I think everyone has their own likes and dislikes for different races. Like for me, I'm I'm all about them elves, baby. Okay. Basically, if you give me the option to play an elf in anything, I'm just I'm gonna do that. One thing I want to point out is I'm sorry. The picture of the half orc in this book. Why does it look like a really old man that's just losing his hair and he's decrepit and old? You see that picture? Because there? actually, half orcs. You know, yeah. half orcs do not live very long. But there's, what's their life expectancy? Yeah, but they, they could have drawn. Also, the strength bonus from you know, it's the it's the added testosterone. It's been yeah. linked with male pattern baldness. I always saw you look like a Cro Magnon. Yes. Yeah. He he's got more of the Neanderthal thing going on. It's pronounced Neanderthal. Neanderthal. <laughs> he looks like an old man. I'm sorry. He just. Get me my club. <laughs> and the fighters and the humans pointing at him like, dude, really? And the elf looks like she's looking at like, who farted? That's what she looks the, like. like. She's like, and why the, am and, I with these and, guys? Yes. I know that and old school D&D art farted. is like, like art. an easy it. target. No. I love the art. The yeah, proportions in this drawing are all over the place. No, I'm just, just I, I don't, I love the artwork. I'm just, why is the half orc look like an old man? Is all I was wondering. Uh... He looks like someone. He looks like William H Macy. <laughs> now I'm a big <laughs> William H Macy fan. Uh, he's kind of got Boogie the... Nights. Great, great movie. Um, he's kind of got the Steve Buscemi eyes going there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's got the receding hairline. Yeah. Maybe it is Steve Buscemi. Could be. It's pronounced Buscemi. <laughs> Shut up, Crispy. <laughs> Anyways. And, and and in this picture, the other takeaway is gnomes don't exist. Yeah. There is if no this point. art is canon. <laughs> Matt, you're not helping. Not helping. Thanks, Matt. Not helping. Matt's Welcome. got your back. You've always been my favorite. Okay, I can, okay Crispy, I, I have to ask you, Why? Why do you not like gnomes? Look, yeah. I covered this last episode when you weren't there. Well, I, but I'll go it, over I, it again. Yes, please. please. There's, no, I believe that there's no niche in fantasy literature that gnomes cover that dwarves, halflings, and elves don't already cover. So 
if you want like the tinker, that could be your dwarf. If you want like the magic fey person, that's your elf. Short thing, dwarf and halfling. Uh, kind of greedy, foolish character. That's your halfling. People often bring up the argument, well, like, what if I want, like, the, the Magitech thing? And it's like, that really doesn't have a place in D&D. But, like, they'll bring up, like, oh, what if I want, like, war, World of Warcraft gnomes? I want to bring that in. It's like, well, don't World of Warcraft goblins are also fill that niche of, like, the ones who build machines, like, that blow up? Yes. Um, It's just everything a gnome does... Is already covered. They're like a weird amalgam of these three races that I don't see the need for. Okay. Mm-hmm. Also, like, mm-hmm. it's so much so that they ended up cutting them out of a couple, like, additions for a little bit. It took like, about. Eh, we don't need gnomes. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah the they... one edition had them as monsters, not yeah. the characters. Yeah. Right. Like, what's the benefit of having a gnome? Somebody explain that to me. Um, well, they can communicate with squirrels. Yeah, and badgers, badgers. moles. That's really going to help me fight the dragon. Ever fought a badger? I'm glad Squirkles uh, gave <laughs> me all you... that intel on the dragon's lair. You ever fought a badger or a wolverine? Like personally, no. Yes, personally. Ever seen a Wolverine take on things? Yeah. Wolverine? Like, I'm pretty cool with the Wolverine community. Like, I don't we're think, tight, you know? I, I don't think Shut Wolverine up. and the Thing ever battled, though. Shut now. up, Crispy. Oh. <laughs> Shut up, Crispy. So what was the point of this segment? I have no idea. Oh, we're, we're, about apparently we're gnome and dislikes. bashing. We're gnome bashing right I now. I will man. always bash on those red-capped... <laughs> sure. oh, I don't have anywhere to go with that. That's the... <laughs> Red cap. I don't know. Gnomes are kind of like if you took halfling and the dwarf and kind of, and they had a love child, it's the gnome. Yeah. Yeah. Well, for me, the gnome is kind of like the referee in a pro wrestling match. They're really not necessary. They really don't do much. But if they're not there, it just it's just odd. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't have a problem with them. I mean, yeah. you want to play a gnome? That's cool. I mean, if you don't, you don't have to. We just want to say us at uh, Wild Games Productions does not condone the comments by Matt about referees and how they're useless. So <laughs> we love the referees of the WWE and TNA and the independents. Sorry, GFW. What, or is it still called that? I don't know what it's called this week. Sorry. Yeah. Oh, anyway, anyway. that would derail things. So yes. Moving well, on. Well, <laughs> Anyways, getting with likes and dislikes, like I had mentioned, I. I love playing elves, uh, especially in first edition, because, you know, you get that uh, attacks with bows and swords, have mm-hmm. plus one. Well, hey. if, you, yeah. if you play by the book, most of the races have these big restrictions on them for class-wise. The only one that and doesn't... I'm never going to hit the ninth level anyway, so it's not that big of a deal. Well, you know what? Our campaign's starting at 10th level. What are you going to do? Well, I'll be a fourth level. I'll be a fourth level fighter, and and uh, not fourth level, seventh level. I'll be a seventh level fighter and a uh, a tenth level magic user. Or that's the thing. Like, if we're starting at tenth level, how are we how are we uh, divvying up those experience points? <laughs> that's the other problem with multiclassing. Uh, call back to that. But yeah, like I don't know. I've I've always loved elves. I think it comes from mm-hmm. wanting to be an elf. With, 
yes, wanted to be an elf. Uh, with basic D&D, how you, you get the best of both worlds, and they're just really different, um, you know, races, class. Everybody and, plays elves. They're not that different. <laughs> anyways, the races, class rules, um, they kind of persist over from basic D&D into advanced D&D. Mm-hmm. With the uh, fighter, magic user, multi-class. I've always been partial to humans. I always like humans. Even everyone's, everyone's like, you can Whoa. identify with humans, can't you? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Shut up, Nick. Uh, people are like, well, you can, you're a human in real life. Why would you want to be a human in the fantasy game? I hate that argument. Yeah, that's what people always say. Why would you be something you can't be in real life? I'm like, dude, I want to play a human. Leave me alone. Do yeah. I say to you, you and can't be cool. this? So, yeah, and I want to totally eventually cool. dual class. <laughs> Make fun of dual uh, class and pal. Yes, that's the only thing a human can't do is multi class, which I understood. I never understood why they couldn't multi class, but well, they um, can dual class though. Yeah, but that's well, totally different. Yeah, yeah, I think the the idea behind the multi class is that the uh, demi humans live longer, so therefore they have more time to experience the multiple trainings to become the multiple classes and still experience at that age. I think that's kind of the reasoning behind it. Whereas the dual class is, hey, I'm changing jobs for a human. So that's why it's a dual class. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah. I don't well, know. Dual classing get... is like its own show. Yeah, it's... it is. And we could get into that. There's the whole, yeah, there's a whole other thing about them. <laughs> yeah. um, with kind of multi-classing and like, and those, those rules, like what about restrictions? Like like I had said earlier, if we're starting at tenth level, I'm a I'm a seventh level fighter, maybe sixth level depending on my strength, and and a tenth level magic user, um, mm-hmm. like I can I can only gain one more level in that game, and then I'm done. Well, you you could just you know not level and continue playing as the person left mm-hmm. behind. Yeah, I guess that's true. I or, could like have a second character, or you can just wish yourself into being a human. Why would I want to be a human when I can be an but elf? Here's, here's something. Um, <laughs> I hate that argument. <laughs> here's something. You brought up like um, like elves and how they get like the bonuses for either you know long sword, short sword. You have to pick one, and then then the longbow or short bow, I believe. Longbow or mm-hmm. short bow, right? Yeah, you have to pick one of those. Well, how come we don't have that for the other race for certain weapons? Is there not any rules for like? Dwarves with like dwarven war axes? No, no, huh. there isn't. I, 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 I've done something with that, like in my own Castle Greyhawk campaign. Like Grey Skull. Uh, I know that? the actual reason for that. Like, I know why that is, and it's yeah. a, it's a big thing that affects classic D and D as well. Um, basically, what happened is, um. The original game is written to use chainmail as its rule set, and then as they started updating things, people left a bunch of rules that only work with chainmail mm-hmm. in the game, and they just didn't do them. So, like, um, elves in the original game, if they have, if you have magic swords specifically, you get a plus, you get an extra pip uh, to right. determine uh, hits. Uh, what they're talking about, but like, like with elves though. In in AD and D, you get that bonus for short yeah. sword, long sword, and stuff. But we don't have that for the other races. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's 
more than likely like Gary had something in mind where he's like, oh, this is how I did it for these rules. And right. then he just was like, I guess maybe out of sight, out of mind. Yeah. But it's, I, it's basically a holdover I, from. I have come up with something though, something I use in my current campaign. Like, and see if this makes sense to you guys. So um, we have the ones for elves, right? Uh, the player's <laughs> handbook. Dwarves get a plus one to hit with battle axe, warhammer, and crossbow. That makes sense? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, halflings, plus one to hit with short sword, dagger, and sling. Yeah. Um, half orcs, they get a plus one to hit with either, you know, with spear, battle axe, and and polearm. Oh, really? The choice, and choice of polearm. I would have said two-handed weapon there. But... Okay. Or two-handed weapon. This is what I'm using in my current camp. No, oh, yeah, that, that's cool. Yeah. And um, for the most hated gnome class, uh, race, <sighs> so I have plus one to hit with military pick, short sword, and sling. I'm not sure how, like, because, yeah, like, dwarves don't have, like, a racial weapon bonus, but they already have a bonus for, like, certain enemy types. Well, so do elves, don't they? Yes. Do they have that? Thought mm-hmm. so. Plus one dexterity. No, they just have the plus one. All right. With those specific weapons, whereas dwarves are like if you're fighting orcs, goblins, hobgoblins, and uh, half orcs, um, they get a plus one to hit on their rolls. I I I thought. um, And half elves don't have a uh, have a weapon bonus either. No, but I think that's just because they're half an elf. Because they're like that child of both worlds kind of mm. thing. They get what is it like? It isn't it like literally almost exactly half the bonuses of an elf, right. like for resistance to charm and sleep. <laughs> Excuse me. I, I I did for half elves. They get either a plus one to hit. They get a plus one to hit with a short sword or long sword. They choose one. A short uh, bow or long bow, and they choose one of the two. And that's their plus one to hit bonus. So those are the, some of the things I've done in my campaign because I always thought, well, why elves have all these bonuses for these for these certain weapons and the other races don't? I, and I just, I just, I thought those kind of made sense to me, and it's worked pretty good so far. Yeah, so, yeah. Just kind of throwing that out there. So just make the other races look a little more enticing to play, maybe if you look at it for a fighting standpoint. <clears throat> so, um. Cool. I guess another question is: Have you introduced any races of your own that you you create into your, well, beyond the basic one? I'm just kind of curious. That's gonna be a big no for me. Yeah, same here. Yeah, I haven't. Heard mm-hmm. Yeah, I. The only one I've done is half hobgoblin. Half, half hobgoblin. Half hobgoblin. What? All right. Uh, okay. Tell me more. Yes. I need um, a backstory. Yeah, actually, this is from from Hackmaster, and I've kind of ported it over AD and D. They can speak hobgoblin, common goblin, uh, and dwarf. They can do. Um, for multi-class, they could do fighter cleric, 
fighter thief, fighter assassin. Um, they get a plus one to their decks when you create them, plus one to their con, but a minus one to their intelligence, wisdom, and comeliness if you use comeliness. No, not really. But if you do. Yeah, true. Um, in human, hobgoblin, and dwarven societies, half hobgoblins suffer a minus one reaction roll penalty. And if you're in elf and gnome societies around them, uh, minus four reaction roll. And then they can movement rate of 12. And I got a, you know, maybe I can, I got a PDF of this. I'll uh, see if I can uh, bring this over and we can, uh, you know, we can maybe have our, our listeners take a look at this and maybe having the half goblin, half hobgoblin uh, race maybe in their, in their uh, campaign. And you could, you could easily like modify this to use an AD and D. I mean, it's written for Hackmaster fourth edition. You can easily use it. So that's one I've introduced. I mean, you have half works. Why not half hobgoblins? What the heck? So I could send this file off to you and then we can maybe post it. Okay. Yeah. Matt can post it on the website somewhere or in the show notes somewhere. Definitely. It's weird to me that half orcs can only go up to level 10 as fighters. You would think like fighting would be the thing that half orcs would be the best at and not assassin. I always thought it was weird when they also with with the half orc, they can't be barbarians. They can't be a barbarian class. I would think that would work perfect for them. Yeah, that would. Right. What are the races on barbarian? I think it's just human. You can't be like a wild elf barbarian because isn't that basically their uh, so. their society? Unearth Arcana for barbarian. Uh, let's see, for barbarian. We'll look it up in Unearth. Barbarian. Wow. Yeah. Only humans can be barbarians according to the the Unearth Arcana. All right. Hmm. But I mean, that's by the rule book. Obviously Yeah. In your own campaign world. Yeah, you can do whatever you want. I could that'd be cool to have dwarven barbarians. That would be pretty sweet. (laughs) Oh yeah. The battle rager. Heck yeah, that would be so cool. Dwarven barbarians, isn't that kind of like the dwarves from that one roll aids? Book of Dwarves. Oh yeah, or is that the yeah, or was or am I thinking of the elves? Maybe that was the elf because they there was the elves in the Dwarves book. One mm-hmm. of them had one of those races. It's like a barbarian ish tribe. I know, like I think it's like from Forgotten Realms. Like the wild elves are basically just they're just basically barbarian they're like Sumerian elves Conan elves yeah Yeah, I can see like barbarian dwarves barbarian gnomes (laughs) (laughs) yeah so it was like in other editions once you started getting the dearth of of races and uh, classes I'm like oh I can make a pixie barbarian. Hmm. Pixie mm. barbarian hordes are now going to be flooding my players. <laughs> Actually, you know Gosh. what? That's that's a that's a viable class race combo 
in Hackmaster Fourth Edition, Pixie Fairy, a barbarian. Oh boy! Yeah, of course, the comedy game for comedians. <laughs> hey, hey, hey! No, well, I'm just saying how funny you are, Nick. Let's just save that for the Hackmaster pot. Oh wait, there isn't one. <laughs> there isn't one. Yes. Anyway, <laughs> uh, I'm just like looking at the table on uh on page fourteen with like the the race level limits, which is something I love in first edition when you try to like bring in which races can be what in like modern games people get real mad at you yeah I know. <laughs> like it's in the book i should be able to be it it's in the book and it's like yeah but like it doesn't make sense like dwarves in this world are they're literally made of stone they can't channel magic no i want to be i want to be a dwarf sorcerer i want to be a dwarferer a dwarfer <laughs> yeah, a dwarf. out of spite but well, like that's when you some... that's when you crispy as a DM say unfortunately in my world it doesn't work that way. Yeah, I, I and I do, but then they go on the giant in the playground forums and find out like which combat monster build they can make in order to punish me for having an idea that doesn't fit with it's in the book. Anyways, um, <laughs> some of the level limits it's when you kill them. They're a little weird. Like, like I said, yeah. eighth level, uh, you can like half orc specifically. Yeah. You can you can only go to tenth level as a fighter. You can only go to eighth level as a thief. But you can be you can go to well, fourteenth level would be the cap for assassin. Right, and also going on top of that, if you look at Unearth Arcana, um, if you're a single class uh, character of like elf uh, or whatever. Uh, non-human saying that the the listing there in Unearth Arcana and I guess Player's Handbook, you add two levels above that, so your max is a little bit higher. Hmm. Oh yeah, half orc thieves with a dexterity of less than seventeen are limited to sixth level. Right. Those with seventeen or more are limited to seventh level. Yeah, but if I I remember it in the, I remember in it the Unearth Arcana book here, they had an explanation. They said, uh, yeah, level limits given and implied in the subclasses may be exceeded by two if all classes where A, the character single class, and B, the class in question could be a multi-class choice for that character. Hmm. So if you're a single class fighter, whatever that level limit is listed, you add two to that if you're single class, like a fighter dwarf. Is that something you guys use, like these footnotes, is that, I would just look at the table and go, that's the rule, that's what we get to do. I, I don't know if I would get into like the minutiae of your, your stat is one point higher so you get an extra level. Yeah, well, I mean, that's that depends on Some how you play, play it. I mean, that way. Mm-hmm. Right. Some people play you can't be a cleric for a dwarf, so. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because uh, it's in parentheses, so only means an NPC, and I only NPCs. Yeah, a couple games. The only, thing I could, the only reason I could think of why they added that little rule about you know you could go up additional two levels if you're single class for for a for a, like a dwarf or, or an elf is mm-hmm. that's an advantage over being multi-classed. Yeah. So, all right, it makes it a little more enticing to play a single level class character, I guess. 
Yeah, because with AD&D, you can kind of tell when things got tacked on that they didn't really like, but they added anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of like uh, the reason humans are unlimited is because they kind of wanted to make it a human-centric game. Yeah. Um, and so they threw in the level limits. They made the bard that bizarre class that oh God. that you, if you go by the book, you may not actually ever be able to become a bard. Yeah, I hate the bard class as written. I still don't understand the bard. Right. That's it what... was one of those things. It got tacked on. We're throwing it in there, but yeah. we don't really like it. And yeah, I that's think... why it was in the appendix. <laughs> right. And I think multi-classing is that as well. It's like, well, what it what do you do when you have a game and you don't have enough people to play the roles? All yeah. the roles you need. Hey, multi-class. Okay. Hire NPCs. No, we don't want to spend our gold on that. We want to be able to do it all. Okay, well, here you go. Enjoy. Yeah. <laughs> I also think multi-classing is there so you can have that like old like original D&D feel. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because all elves are are multi class technically. Okay. Yeah, it was weird back in the original edition as well, where it's like you can you go to sleep one night and you wake up and you choose which outfit you're gonna wear for that day. <laughs> do you put on your helmet? Do you put on your wizard hat? Put on the hat. That's nice. Yeah. Nice. I put on my robe and wizard hat. Okay. Well, let's move on from this segment. Yeah, I think, I think we've, yes. we've beaten this into the ground. Yes, we have. Treasure Chest, coming up next. Are you enjoying the show you're listening to right now? Want to help support the show? Why not head over to the Patreon site, patreon.com slash WGP. That's patreon.com slash WGP. And help support the network for as little as $1.50 a month. That's right, $1.50 a month goes a long way. Thank you. Open the treasure chest. You may choose an item. In the treasure chest today, I've uh, opened up the book again, and I pulled out a simple magical item for possibly like a lower level campaign. I would probably say around level two or three. Maybe this would be a good idea to give this ring out. It's a ring that I just kind of made up on the whim one day when a character kept losing his armor in the game. Uh, Don't ask, but... Always had a tendency of taking his armor off or jumping in water without thinking and rusting away. And he was just like, well, I need something to help, you know, so always have protection. So I came up with the ring of hard shell. I gave it a value of a thousand gold pieces, an XP value of only a hundred. So when this ring is worn, uh, the clothes of the wearer will turn to the equivalent of wearing leather armor. This does not stack or add extra protection if wearing normal armor over the clothing. Once the wearer of the ring puts on like normal armor or something with more protective armor class, the hard shell cancels out. Now, the benefit of wearing this and keeping it on, should your armor rust off or be taken off of you, because you know, or you pull it off because you're falling in water, it automatically will turn on again to protect the wearer. Once the ring is taken off, the clothes obviously go back to normal. Now, a question also came up, well, what happens if they're not wearing any clothes? Well, then their natural skin would also become the armor class of the leather armor. Of leather armor. Yeah. And there's no activation. There's no charge. It's just a constant active ring. Once you wear it, you put it on, boom, you got that armor class. That is cool. 
Yeah, and the player actually he he liked it. It was simple. It wasn't too powerful that it like broke the game, and you know he yeah. got to have his way by running around naked half the time. So you know, <laughs> he. I was as you were reading, I was I was laughing to myself because it's like. In my head, your skin turns to leather. Like you just no, no, like no. One of those old ladies with the beach blonde hair who was tanned way too much. No, 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 no. <laughs> like the cabana lady. Yeah. Yes. Oh, jeez. <laughs> no, who's, I don't think that was. Who's that intent. actor? Georgia. Oh God, what is his name? But this is like a perfect magic item for thieves and magic using types. Yeah. I would definitely oh, give yeah. this to my magic user so they yeah. would stop dying. And it'd be, yeah, perfect for a magic user because you got the equivalent of a leather armor class always because you're wearing your robes and you never get that bonus unless you're wearing ring protections or you get some bless or whatever else you need to have. And boom, you got this ring. Could this stack yeah. with like a ring of protection? I would say it would. I mean, I don't, I don't think that or would break the game too much. I would think so too. Because yeah. you only, yeah. in my but if you put my, on bracers of defense, it still would stack. Well, what if your bracers of defense are AC5? Uh, actually, no, you're right. That's true. Unless they're bracers of, like, plus whatever one or something. Or... Yeah. It would have, yeah, it would have to be a bracers of that modify as opposed yeah. to just change. Right. Okay. But that yeah. would be cool. You could get, you know, a cup, you know, ring of protection along with so, this. Okay. Speaking of this, awesome. let me ask you a question, Nick, uh, since you're mm-hmm. the uh, next most experienced person here with gaming here. No offense to the youngins. Um mm-hmm. How many rings do you let your characters wear in a game? Uh, At once that have active magical properties. I think, if I remember, I thought the rule was always like you could have up to three. Okay, the rule that I've always gone by is two, one on each hand. Okay. And I believe. Might have been two. I, that, I'm just going no, I just was wondering because I, I believe that was a Gygaxian rule, but I'm not sure if it was an official rule or not, so I was just trying to see what you did. That might be in the DM's guide, actually. Crispy, what do you do? What is your stance on that? Oh, man. Um, I've never had that come up. I, I know the rule now is two, like in the most recent edition. It's, yeah, yeah. You know, one for each hand. But I do like the idea of being able to be the Mandarin. <laughs> yeah. Wait, I thought it was um, in the new edition, you can only attune to two rings at once, but you can wear... You can, only attune, to th- you can only attune to three magic items. Yeah, that's total. right. Yeah, and you can but wear... You only have you two it's right there ring under slots. the rings description in, in the DMG, page 129. Yeah. What does it no say? No more than two magic rings can be worn by a character at the same time. More are worn than none will function. That's what I thought, yeah. Okay. So it has always been three. Yeah. yeah. So always been two. Two, two. Two. No more than one ring can be worn on the same hand. Yeah. The second cause both of them to be useless. So they must be worn. Well, I, I know in fingers, fifth you can you can attune to three top. rings, I thought. Because people were arguing that at one no, point. No, it's two. Is it? It's no nose two. rings. Two. No nose so rings. One on each hand. That's yeah, you, it, like it has to be on your hand as well. You can't have like. One on your hand. You don't have a nose foot. ring slot. No. Yeah. You can't have toe. one on your toe. Toe rings. No nipple rings. <laughs> All right, let's we're, belly we're, button. No, we're going toe down the rings. we're going down the hole. Stop it. Stop it down. Sorry, 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 sorry. Anyway. So that's the ring of hard shell, and that's just something a simple item that I've made up over time in my book. 
I mean, I'll start throwing more things like this as I find them in my books as I'm uncovering. Yeah, things. I, I've liked the uh, the last couple that you've you've thrown out from your yeah. own creation. Yes, I mean, you know, I was like, oh, these are good. That Vince sure is creative. Well, thank you, Crispy. I, I appreciate Suck all the praise up. from the save or die expert. I mean, immortal person. Suck up. Suck up. With that, we'll go into creature feature. Are you saying that I put an abnormal brain into a seven and a half foot long creature feature theater? This week on the Creature Feature, I'm sorry, but you maybe put to sleep. You see? <laughs> yeah. Because, you see, I decided uh, to go into the Wayback Machine to the early days of the interwebs. Oh, back in the boy. days of T dollar sign R. Uh-oh. Yeah. And I found a depository. <laughs> you mean repository. I you mean repository. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I found a suppository. <laughs> I found a yes. I found a depository. <laughs> repository. A, a repository. Yes. Of all the old netbooks that floated around back in the days. Uh, Cease and desist. So, <laughs> yes. This is, uh, I will have a link in the show notes because if you've never seen them in a new, or newer gamer, you need to because there's some classics here. Lots of like useful stuff. Like there's one on thieves cans and all that but then there's the ones the complete guides to carnal knowledge and alcohol oh geez yeah because yeah. even back then gamers I want were that still link. I, I love I, that I, these are like word 6.0 slash 95 ascii yes ascii oh, world word 2.0 I, I just saw the word 2.0 one did you find these on a usenet forum matt uh you, i actually no i actually i remember these from back in the day and i'm like oh Carpenter. i should go dig into these i haven't looked at these in years so i searched for the bookmark this it's great it is absolutely great and i found the net monstrous compendium volume two <sighs> And uh, and I was going through it, and I found this creature that I found. Complete guide the hygiene. Yes, it has spells. It has monsters. It's like uh, the the alcohol book has an alcohol dragon. I think this should be the show now. Let's scrap everything we just did. <laughs> Do all the old net books um, from nineteen ninety six. Bookmarking this right now. Yeah, it, it's a thing of beauty. Yeah, it's also a train wreck too. Yes, it is. God, I love that web 1.0 formatting. <sighs> I remember the 90s. You know what, Crispy? That's all we had back then. Leave us alone, okay? You guys yeah. remember The Crow and Jane's Addiction? Okay. Hey. Matt, please back on track. Yes. yes. Woo, as we're going back, uh, I found one. It's the Dream Assassin here. Dream this Warriors. Yes. One, two, he's coming for you. Because you see, the Dream Assassin, they are the group that it's it's a, they catch the uh, adventurers off guard at night. They try they expel a sleeping gas, so they try to get the adventurers asleep, and then they pick the one who looks like the biggest, toughest fighter, <laughs> and then invade their dreams, oh, and then in, engage in dream combat. Uh, where once in the dream combat, 
the uh, Dream Assassin, it ha- it attacks with like 2d4 plus 4 damage with like 3 attacks every 2 rounds with an armor class of 0. And no matter what the character had on when they were sleeping, in the Dream Realm, they have an armor class 10. <laughs> oh dear. Yeah. And they and no matter what weapon they have, it actually attacks as a one d six club. That's oh the damage God. it does. And then that's just wrong. There, there is a mod. Sucks. Yeah, there also is a modifier to the uh, armor class, though. So it's a base ten, but then you take your intelligence and wisdom and divide by three point six. Why three points? And so round up. Why three point six? That's a weird. <laughs> I don't know. I am, I have no idea unless it's you divide that by three because that's the number of six-sided die you roll, but I don't understand the point six. I, it has to have something to do with you rolled three die yeah. and each die has six sides. I don't know. I'm trying to see if it's like some kind of Fibonacci like divine spiral thing and it's not. Yeah. 3.6 is such a weird – yeah, that's really weird. Also, it, this thing is – Weird. Super fast. Yeah. yeah. Yes. So once, because once it, if you lose the dream combat, your body is then taken over mm-hmm. by the dream assassin, who then will proceed to, as you go around and cause chaos. Oh, yeah. He's your boyfriend now. Yes. When the, and then the animated victim will be, let's, let's see here, because, the, yeah. The the great thing about these old things is they're worded terribly, and yeah. the uh, verbiage and spelling is horrible. Oh yeah, um, assassin was misspelled multiple times. Yes, it was. Yes, um, yeah. If the assassin loses, he loses control of the victim, and the victim wakes up in the stream combat. But if they when they win, that's when they get to just wreak havoc as you. Why? Mm. No magic uh, resistance on this race i mean monster why not i mean everything else it has right well it, it's it's got its sleep cat uh and it's got a it's sleep gas and it's got the camouflage at 75 percent undetectable mean, right so yeah this is total like mid 90s i want to make freddy krueger munchkin gaming monster <laughs> Uh, yes. Is it weird to anyone else that uh, there's like a weird caveat to when it does take over the fighter's body? Let's just assume it's the fighter. Um, when they're awake, they still only have AC 10? Yeah, I guess because they don't move well. Hmm. Yeah. And they're. Yeah, it's. Yeah, because that's. But they're still wielding their weapon. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then if you the if they get wounded to seventy five percent of their hit points, they are no longer in the the power. So if you pummel them, you can beat it out of them. <laughs> uh, and so, then it makes one more attack to finish them off. Right. You know, when I said find a creature that was from the internet, Matt, I didn't say dive into the old TSR Munchkin era. <laughs> <laughs> I got very nostalgic for the days of these crazy. Hey, if anything, you poke fun at it. It's okay. Yeah, I well, love this thing. I yeah. love that its diet is that it's an omnivore. Well, yeah, yeah that's how they classified yeah. things towards. Trying to end. picture Freddy Krueger eating a salad. <laughs> right. Excuse me a moment. I need a salad with some tomato. Yeah, and just imagine oh, though, it, it says number ranch. appearing is one to four. Oh wow. Imagine, 
Imagine if you had four and they all take over like a party. Oh jeez. Oh, campaign's Did they over. Then wake up and fight each other. Like I don't know. Or they go and start slaughtering the city, and then you eventually come to and be like, "Oh my god, what just happened?" You could have some interesting stories oh. with this with NPCs. Like a child murders their parents or something because it got possessed by one of these, and is talking about this scary dream it had. That's a really good hook. And then the players have to go to the abandoned like mill and uh, and solve the mystery. And the, right. the and the hard thing is it could jump from person to person. No, it's so just... you never know who the dream assassin could be. Right. The the yeah. The only catch is the person has to be asleep for it to take it over. Hmm. You cannot take it over while awake. So you could even hit the point where it's like if we go to sleep, then. We can't. It, we risk the chance of it going over, so everyone stays up. So you can start throwing in the sleep fa- sleep fatigue modifiers, like "Oh, you guys haven't slept sleep in like a couple days." Man. Yeah. So. Oh, you just took a micro nap. Uh oh, you're starting to doze off. You fell asleep on watch. <laughs> yeah. Uh, if you're on watch, everyone's gonna be on watch. That's <laughs> right. Instead of throwing in like the insanity rules and stuff like that, have it be oh, like, yeah. huh? Yeah. I mean, there's some interesting it. things you can do with it. Yeah, it's a little overpowered, but it it could easily, if you had like only one, have it be a a really interesting start of like a campaign or a plot hook for an adventure of just yeah. dealing with this. When all of a sudden all these crazy things start happening in a town and people acting weird or killing things and so yeah I think there's a you can actually uh, maybe adjust it a little bit so it's not quite as insane when it comes to it's going to take you over and kill you I would even say maybe have it to where once the players figure out what's going on they can maybe do things to prepare their astral dream selves so you get uh, Nightmare on Elm Street 3 Dream Warriors could a uh uh, this creature, where where is it from? The, it is from the net uh, material plane. It actually doesn't say. So hmm. that's something you can actually make it up. Because uh, I'm wondering, is, could this thing be turned? Uh, I don't think it's on. Is it an undead? I don't think it, it is. It, I don't think it is undead. It doesn't really say what it is. Under the special category on the cleric's un, uh, turning page. Hmm. Yeah. You know, yeah, I, I would. You get high enough level as a cleric, you can, like, turn demons and devils and what have you. Yeah. I would definitely, because, like, I would stick with the Freddy Krueger theme of it having, like, a messed up face and uh, make it a Gith Yankee. Ooh. Maybe it's, like, a fallen Gith Yankee. It doesn't have a silver sword. So, you know, you can, you know, if you manage to steal a silver sword, you can can Nightmare on Street 3 Dream Warriors it. Dream Warriors. Oh, sorry. (laughs) Anyway, I would wonder maybe even an exorcism spell might work on the. Yeah, uh, yeah. If if it's trapped in a form, <coughs> yeah, I could see like an exorcism to force it out because it's doing a possession. Right. Hmm. Hmm. Does yeah. it have a? It has a body though. Like it exists in the physical world. Right. It's seventy five percent invisible. Hey, I know. Why don't we just email Warren Hack and see what he has to say? <laughs> Yeah, we do actually have his old 
Yeah, he wrote this while in college. Hey, I yes. still I still have my uh, college email address. I still have mine as well. Maybe he still has his. Somehow I don't think he probably has his. You never know. Email. This book was updated in you know uh, October 12th of 1996. Matt, send an email to him, Mr. Warren Hack, and find out for us on behalf of the show. Yeah, yes, I will. I will track him down. On who knows? Maybe he's out there listening. It wouldn't be the first time we've talked yeah, about something on the happen. show. In the list, Warren, uh, if you're out there, let us know. <laughs> yes, Warren is probably like, "What D and D? I haven't played that in thirty years." <laughs> but yeah, all right. Well, cool. Now that we dream warrior, let's uh, let's go to sleep and get out of here. <laughs> I think that's going to end the show. We're going to say good night, everybody. Bye, everybody. Good night, everybody. The Roll Furniture Podcast is part of the Wild Games Productions Network and produced for entertainment purposes only. All other uses are prohibited. If you'd like to contact us, go to rfipodcast.com, click on contact us, or email us at rfistaff at gmail.com. Voicemail line 570 865 4210. Facebook.com slash rfipodcast for more. Bye.